I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Good afternoon, guys. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to dive into our full review of finals week one. What a cracking week it was. That's my favorite week in football in quite some time. And look, we said it all year. Take out the Melbourne Storm game where personally, I just think the Melbourne Storm are well and truly above everyone else in this competition. They played a side who's got the most informed player we've ever seen and they minimalized his impact on this game. And you know, the Melbourne Storm still scored 40 points. But you look outside of that, you got three games of football, all 1-12. to 12. Shock me. You've got the teams that finished in the top eight, uh, the better teams. It's funny what happens when you take the peanuts out and you get some quality football under these new rules. As I've said all season, I love these rules when you get quality teams coming up against quality teams, when you get well-coached teams coming up against well-coached teams. For me, I thought the only team left in this competition that isn't well-coached was the Gold Coast Titans, but they have really overachieved over the last few weeks, overachieving in general over the last few weeks, underachieved throughout the entire season, but also coming against the Sydney Roosters, missing a heap of squads, so probably missing a heap of players, so probably did even up that contest a little bit, but I think the little Twitter PVL ball, whatever the hell you want to call it, all the complaining and whatnot, I think you can see that when you get good sides go up against good sides, these rules, they make for fantastic rugby league. I love this weekend. I cannot wait to get into this review with you guys. We kicked off on Friday night with the Melbourne Storm taking on the Manly Seagulls. I said at the time that this was the most important game of the season because I thought the loser of this would have to take on the Penrith Panthers, which means they would have to win two grand finals in a row to win this premiership. And I'll tell you what, when the full-time whistle went, the Melbourne Storm had absolutely demoralised the Manly Seagulls. I thought, well, there we go. The Melbourne Storm, they are the premiership favourites. They are going to be the premiers this year. This is just perfect. Uh, that all got turned on its head the next night, which is the way that rugby league tends to do things. We'll get to that in a minute, though. For the Melbourne Storm, 
I said on my coach's clipboard, my guys to watch, my first two were the hookers. I thought Harry Grant was unbelievable once he came on, but she's in the first 20 minutes, just crazy. They obviously scored their first try. Morgan Harper dropped a ball. It was a bad night to be Morgan Harper. His first ever finals game wasn't very pretty. He is a better footballer than what he showed that night, so very disappointing for Morgan. Hopefully he is back this weekend because, as I said, he is better than what we saw. But he dropped the ball at centre, and the first guy to pick it up was the Melbourne Storm hooker. Now, that's saying something about the intent that the Melbourne Storm had in that game. They were on the front foot from the very start. Brandon Smith scooped it up, then threw a brilliant ball around the corner to Lume Lume, which was a sensational ball. He scored the opening try in the guy that he's replacing, Josh Adokar fashion, scoring the first meaty. From then on, it was just a Melbourne Storm-a-thon. Brandon Smith threw a fantastic ball to Christian Welsh. Shout out to Christian Welsh. That is one of the best lines you will ever see. It's a really courageous line to go with the inside shoulder of Marty Tapao. You are really asking for it. To go with the outside shoulder of Jake Travojevic, you're asking for it. To go to both at the same time, getting the ball at pace like that, on the line, ready to be whacked. That takes some serious courage. If you've played rugby league and you've had to take one of those hits, you'll understand how much balls that takes. And that's not against park footballers. That's against Marty Tapao. He trains with the Olympic weightlifting team. He can whack with the very best out of them. So Christian Welsh, champion bloke off the field, probably one of the smartest guys in rugby league, a, vo- a real voice of all the players. And of course, courageous as all hell. Brilliant try. Doesn't score too many meaties, Christian Welsh, and he certainly did enjoy that one, as did the rest of his teammates. But that ball that Brandon Smith threw, sensational. He had such a good game, and obviously he went off with a HIA, not a HIA, sorry, well, it probably was a HIA, but he also fractured his face, as we were told. It has been cleared since, so he will be able to back up. So that's the other thing. The Melbourne Storm, they dominated the Manly Seagulls in the fashion they did without getting Brandon Smith back to play through the centre third as a lock forward. We know how damaging he is. We know how much momentum the Melbourne Storm get off the back of him. So to do what they did without Brandon Smith in the second part of the game, fucking sensational. So, so impressive from the Melbourne Storm. We've said all year Cameron Munster, he looks like to us he's just treading Shock me. We get to finals footy. You see the goosey starting to come out. You see him taking on the line. You see him essentially kick... Tom Travojevic out of this game. A great game from Cam Munster. Still think we're not seeing the best out of Munster, though, which is a scary prospect, but I thought that was his best game in quite some time. He had a really good game against the Titans a few weeks ago, but I think the one on the weekend was even better. Ryan Pappenhausen, he is sniffing around the ruck everywhere. Justin Olam was unbelievable as well. This team, they are looking sensational. They are primed. They're obviously going to take on the winner of the Penrith Panthers or the, who are they playing? The Penrith Panthers or the Parramatta Eels in two weeks' time. Thing about this is that Craig Bellamy, he gets two weeks to watch tape on his opposition. He'll be watching the game very closely uh, this weekend between uh, the two Western Suburbs Sydney sides. But this is the thing about really good coaches. If you give them more time to do tape, they're going to pull you apart, and I have no doubt whatsoever the Melbourne Storm will be winning that game against two teams that do look a little bit rattled to me, definitely not playing their best football. Uh, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Cafusi, so underrated, these two. Absolutely love the way they go about their footy. They are sensational players. You put them on a skill tester, you put them on size, whatever it might be, and compare them to the other premier second rowers in our game, and they're probably not in the top three, either of them, just on the eye test. But when 
you watch what they do for Melbourne and the role they play for the Melbourne Storm, my God, these two might be the best second rowers in the game. They don't have the, the high offload, the tackle breaks, the line breaks, the eight tries, whatever it might be, but they just don't do anything wrong. On the other side of the park, the Manly Seagulls, an incredibly disappointing night for them. You could see how frustrated they were, essentially not being able to bring Tom into the game, which is a complete credit to the Melbourne Storm and how they defended him out and how they kicked him out of this game as well, but also how they just dominated the forward packs. That's the worst game I've seen the Manly Pack play in a number of weeks. That was very disappointing. Uh, Melbourne, they just gave it to them. And this is what I've been talking about for a couple of weeks, that yes, the Melbourne Storm, they've looked a little bit shaky here and there, but you haven't seen them with Welsh, Bromish, Brandon Smith, Kamakamika, and Nelson Asafa-Solomona on the field at the same time. And you know what? You still didn't see it the other night because... Cheese missed the vast majority of that game. So there's so much more upside in this team. It's terrifying. They absolutely gave it to this Manly Packers who's been bullying a lot of sides over the last couple of weeks. And look, I've got to tell you, I was so disappointed in the performance of the Manly Seagulls. And it's been a great season, don't get me wrong, but to score 12 points in your first finals game where one of them was off a kick that was off the worst set of six of their entire season. Yes, they got the forward pass call back. I understand that. It was a 50-50 call. It was a close one. It's credit once again to the Melbourne Storm putting pressure on DCE. You're going to put a halfback in that situation where they have to tap on a ball. Your tap-ons are always 50-50 with these forward passes. That's the reality of the situation. You scored the next set anyway. You had a dreadful set. Just, just remember, you had an ad. That was your worst set of the season from the Manly Seagulls on the Melbourne Storm line. Tommy Turbo didn't touch the ball the entire set, and you got to last tackle. DCE kicked it over to Saab, and he managed to get up and score. So it was a good kick at the end that covered an awful set of six from the Manly Seagulls there. Forward pass call, 50-50. You scored anyway. It doesn't really matter. Later in the game, you scored your other point because Ruben Garrett kicked from his own 20, trying to find touch on the right-hand side. Sideline, if he wasn't going to find touch, he would have hit Jay and Saab out there, the fastest guy in the game. Instead, he kicked it to the left-hand side of the post. So a complete missed kick. Awful, awful play, to be honest with you. Very lucky, though, that Lume Lume knocked the ball on and it meant that Jason Saab could pick it up. Credit to Jason Saab. He chased all the way. It was a dreadful kick, as I said, but he did chase all the way. But... I mean, if you're coming down to finals footy and you're just kicking it to the fastest guy on the field and you can't even kick it in his general direction, I don't think you really deserve that many points, to be honest with you. The big test for the Manly Seagulls is going to be, of course, if they win this week against the Roosters, which is going to be a massive test. Trent Robinson will have his team up for this one. You then have to take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who are well-rested and they've got the best left edge in rugby league. And the Melbourne Storm showed the entire competition the other night, the prototype, how to beat the Manly Seagulls. You attack their right edge. DCE, Harper, Olakowatu, they were in absolute disarray. I haven't seen Harper and Olakowatu defend this poorly, to be honest with you, but DCE's always had this in his game. It's well known whenever you play the Manly Seagulls, you want to take on DCE's inside shoulder. You see teams do it week in, week out, and the Melbourne Storm, they really did pull their pants down. So a massive test for the Manly Seagulls to regather themselves and pull themselves together over the next few weeks to hopefully take on the Melbourne Storm in the grand final. Let's move to the Sydney Roosters versus the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, now, Radley and Tedesco were the stars in this one. They were unreal. We had them as our number one and number two on the coach board of Justin Holbrook. I have no doubt he would have had this combo at the very top. I posted that I think they're the most underrated combo in rugby league and people blew up Deluxe. Oh, it's Tedesco. Everyone loves him. It's Radley. Everyone loves him. Yeah, th- that's fine. 
I said combo. As a combo, the way that these guys work together and they manipulate the minute the the, the the middle third of the field, it is like very few guys or combos in this competition. Uh, there's other like lock forward and other combos like Isaiah Yo and Cleary that I feel like we talk about a lot more than Radley and Tedesco. And to be fair, we probably talk about it less because Radley doesn't spend enough time on the field or hasn't over the last two years because of injury, suspension, you name it. But these two are on fire and you saw why I talk about these two all the time in that game. They absolutely picked the Gold Coast Titans apart. Uh, they set up the first try. They had another one disallowed where Tedesco put in a perfect kick for Victor Radley. That ended up getting Tyra Peachy sin-binned. They also set up the last one where Radley went straight through and he found James Tedesco. So these two, they are just dynamic together. The Roosters are such a better footy side when these two are both on the field. They lost Takiaho as well, a massive loss. I'm not sure whether he's going to be back for this weekend's game, but when you lose Takiaho and Lindsay Collins and you're taking on Tino... Jared Wallace, you know, these sort of guys. Wow, what an effort by Jared Rhea Hargraves to really stand up in that game. I thought he was incredibly impressive. I thought they were the better team, to be perfectly honest with you. I know it was 25-24, it was close, but I look at the Gold Coast Titans and far out. They won 10 games, they lost 14 this year. For me, they were lucky to be there in the first place. And then on top of that, they got incredibly lucky outside of that. They had a try off a rebound where there was really just a kick and hope, let's be honest here. They had another try that Brian Kelly scored where Jared Wallace, simple block play, was a training play. He threw it out the back to absolutely no one. Brian Kelly picked it up. And this is where rugby league can be so dangerous. As soon as that ball bounces or it hits the ground, everyone freezes for a split second. And the guy to pick it up on the fly, he's got a massive advantage because everyone's in disarray for a split second. Brian Kelly took advantage of it to his credit. But I think if that ball doesn't hit the ground, I don't think they score off that set either, to be honest with you. And then, of course, Ikevalu coming out of his own end gets whacked. Didn't even get whacked, just dropped the ball clean clean into the arms of Jared Wallace, who puts the ball down. I mean, they were lucky to be there in the first place, and I thought they were incredibly lucky to be in that contest. Came really right down to the back end the last few minutes, obviously. Sammy Walker came on with about seven minutes to go, kicked the winning field goal. A great play from James Tedesco that I pointed out uh, on the Instagram page. Yes, there was the controversy of the Roosters doing their wall, but a lot of teams have done it this season. I'm not sure if, I mean... Uh, from my understanding, it is illegal, but based off what I've seen this year, I'm not sure if it is anymore, if it's just one of these things we're not calling. But I'm not going to you know, scream murder at the Sydney Roosters because I've seen heaps of other teams do it this year realistically, uh, whether you're kicking field goals, whether you're just doing normal kicks as well. Uh, you know, I've got an under-16s team, and we practice every single time on last tackle. You need someone standing in the way of the markers and of your kicker. Every single team does it. I just think on field goals, we sort of lose our heads a little bit. But I think there just needs to be consistency on this one. If you're not allowed to make a wall, they need to be strict on it. They need to be calling it. Uh, it's a tough one. But the field goal went over. Uh, Bo Formore, who's probably the most improved player up at the Gold Coast Titans this year, he made a line break a few minutes later, which obviously led to the moment that was unfortunate for Patrick Herbert. We'll get to that in a minute. But Sam Walker, he was the man that missed the tackle. Pretty fresh on the field. He went from being the absolute hero to the villain, but he chased Formore down on that play. Dare I say, he just stays straight with Brian Kelly's center and they don't twist on top of each other, I don't think Sam Walker probably makes that tackle. So the narrative could have been very, very different for Sam Walker. It's funny how people, you know, how, how we just forget these little things. And you, you could see on the face, if you get an opportunity, Fox League put up a thing where it was watching Cooper Cronk and it was watching Luke Keery, the two guys that have brought Sam Walker through the system. The two guys that have really, 
that you know they, they own that seven and six jersey for the last few years at the Sydney Roosters, and they were sitting there watching it together. Obviously, they were in the commentary team, and you can see Sam Walker misses that tackle, and both of their jaws drop, and then he makes the tackle, and they look at each other, and you can tell in that moment they knew, thank God he made that tackle because everything else becomes irrelevant if you miss that tackle and you don't chase him down. So I think Sammy Walker got a little bit lucky there, to be perfectly honest with you, but it was a great chase. They then spread it out to the right side, and I really feel sorry for Patrick Herbert. Yes, when you pause it in in slow motion and you stop it and you count the numbers, yes, it was a three-on-two. It was a sliding defense. He should have done better, but if you look at the direction that Patrick Herbert is going when he actually catches the ball and how he has to change his line to catch the ball, he's already drifting. And this is my biggest complaint about rugby league is the way that guys are coached now. They're too structured. So what you always get is when you do these threes-on-twos, you're always set out in cones. It's never in a situation where you are doing what he's doing. You're fading out. You're getting the ball on a fade. You look up. There's a sliding defense on you. You can see Patrick Herbert, and if you draw a line where he starts the ball and where he gets tackled, he's fading the entire way, which means he's running himself out of room, which is why David Fafita drops off. And if I was David Fafita, I would have dropped off as well because he was fading him out of, out of space, and he was trying to leave that room for Corey Thompson. But it just makes it hard. You can see that he's trying to get the ball away. He looks, and David Fafita's gone. He sort of panics for a second. Daniel Tubu does a brilliant defensive effort as well, which I can't believe no one's talking about. But I do feel sorry for Patrick Herbert. But it just shows how these guys just get stuck in these structured ways of doing things, of going up against straight numbers and all that. Whereas these are the moments where the natural footy instincts kick in. When you've got a three-on-two, but everyone's sliding. It's not straight lines, and you've got to straighten up your body. Patrick Herbert wasn't able to do it at the time. You saw the frustration in Corey Thompson. That's rugby league. They'll get over it. They would have had a beer after and they would have dealt with it. It's all good. But yeah, do feel sorry for Patrick Herbert. He's had an incredible 18 months and uh, he's improved out of sight. So, but look, the reality of it is for me, and I know people will push back and say that's stupid, but I think they were lucky to be there in the first place. I think it was a miracle they were in that contest post the 50th minute, to be honest with you. I think they had a lot of things fall their way that no one's talking about. I think the better team won on the night in the Sydney Roosters. Okay, let's move to the Penrith Panthers, South Sydney Rabbitohs. Another cracking game. Now, you've got to remember the Penrith Panthers led 6-0 in the first 10 minutes. So, in the modern game, it's really hard to pull back score lines like that and it's proven to be really difficult for South Sydney. Now, the key for the Rabbitohs in this game is they played the full 80 minutes and it wasn't easy. You know, we spoke all week about Nathan Cleary putting up these towering bombs in the direction of Blake Taff and that he would have a nightmare. And you know what? He was fantastic. But you know what made him even more impressive is the fact that he dropped one cold and he still recovered himself and put himself together. That tells me that Blake Taff has got the mindset of a winner. He, In his worst moment, he was able to pull himself out of it on the biggest stage he's ever been on. You know, Blake Taff's played six first-grade games? Six first-grade games. To be under a Nathan Cleary bomb in a semi-final under this sort of pressure replacing Latrell Mitchell. Has there ever been bigger shoes to fill? I mean, a very tough gig. I thought he was very impressive. I thought a couple of the South Sydney forwards really showed up. I thought Burgess, he's been unreal all year. It's been his best season, in my opinion. I think it's been better than 2014. I think he's been great this year. Jaden Sewer, who's leading the, leaving the club, I thought he really stood up in this game. Put, put on a couple of really big shots that really impressed me. Cam Murray... Someone read me his stats earlier today, and you know what? They were good, but 
I, I sort of sat there and thought, you know what, they're good, but they're not out of this world because this is what you're used to with Cam Murray. The difference is this season, he's had a similar stat line all year, but they're winning by 40 points. This one was 16-10 against the Penrith Panthers, one of the red-hot favorites in this competition. So a huge knock from Cam Murray. I still think we underappreciate what he does week in, week out. He is just such a brilliant footballer. I thought Dane Gagai had a really good game as well, a guy that probably doesn't get uh, as much praise as what he should but I thought he was strong, as was Campbell Graham. We've been speaking about Campbell Graham for 18 months or so. We said at the end of last year that we think he should play Origin, that he'll be in Freddie's squad. He did get the call. He had to turn it down with injury. He was 19th man this year. Now you've got a lot of other people praising him, and I think the public opinion on him is starting to change, which is good to see because he's always been this footballer. He's got the perfect body type to be a center or a wing in rep football. So really excited to see where Campbell Graham goes over the next few years. With Gagai leaving, geez, it would be interesting if we saw Campbell Graham land at left centre next year. I think that would push him into really high up on the premier centres in our game list. Uh, But Wayne Bennett, just an unreal performance by him. Uh, It started during the week for him. He played it perfectly. He got his team up for it. He got the very best out of everyone. He fielded every question about Blake Taff in style, saying that he was just backing his bloke in, and he certainly did. Adam Reynolds, though, he was the star of the show for me, and I posted about it. A lot of people that obviously don't understand rugby league, they don't understand how you build pressure and how you game manage. Adam Reynolds is the very best at it. We we said this on Bloke in a Bar's podcast five weeks ago, I think it was now, that when everyone voted Nathan Cleary is the best halfback. Adam Reynolds had about 5%. I said to Denham and Finchie, I said, mate, the gap between these two isn't that wide. Yes, Nathan Cleary is an exceptional talent. He probably will be better than Adam Reynolds long-term, but Reynolds is the best game manager in our game, in my opinion. He is just unreal, and he showed it the other night. Some of the kicks he put in against the Panthers, it just buried them in the back end. Look, over to the other side of the park, I thought South Sydney were great. Wayne Bennett was sensational. When I look at the Penrith Panthers, I thought they looked pretty rattled. I think they looked pretty tired, to be honest with you. And we did warn about this at the start of the season that it's hard to climb the mountain once. When you get to the top of the mountain and you miss the peak of it by a couple of metres, which the Panthers did, to re-climb it again, it takes a lot out of the chambers, out of the gas chambers. It is a very, very tough gig. And I think you're starting to see the Penrith Panthers getting a little bit tired. I saw Kenty say that they're done and dusted. I wouldn't say they're done and dusted just yet. I think that's a bit of a premature kill, but they definitely look very tired to me and a little bit gassed. So a bit nervous about the Panthers. Obviously scored 10 points in that. They were on six after 10 minutes or whatever and look they had plenty of opportunities to score. They had a heap of opportunities to score. And quite often, the ball bounces the way of the Penrith Panthers. They got a little bit unlucky in this game. In some ways, they got lucky. I mean, Nathan Cleary, he's always aiming for the sticks on that curving kick. Uh, he missed it, but they, it is a curving kick, so you're able to bat it back in. They scored a good try off that. They had a chip over the top to Charlie Staines, which looked perfect. The bounce was too hard off the turf. Probably on most other grounds, I think that sits up for them, but not on the turf they were playing on. Missed out on that one. There was another one where Stephen Crichton got it at fullback and he flicked it to Charlie Staines who should have been away and he knocked that on. A couple of really big turning points in this game that really did matter. Uh, The Penrith Panthers though, they look very very tired to me. They had opportunities to win this game. They weren't able to take advantage of them. It's going to be a big couple of weeks for them. Taking on the Parramatta Eels next week, I'll probably tip them to win that one but I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people are expecting because this mob, they look tired. Parramatta's coming in off a pretty big high against the Newcastle Knights and 
geez, the Penrith forwards, they really went hammer and tong at the South Sydney pack. So going to take plenty out of the tank there. Very interesting to see how it plays out. Let's move to the last game of the week. We had the Parramatta Eels taking on the Newcastle Knights. Another game that I really enjoyed, to be honest with you. Uh, it was great to see Mitch Moses finally own a finals game. It's been a big year for Mitch. I know you all criticize him and give him shit and don't care what he does. He's always the villain, but he's come a long way, Mitch Moses. I was talking about this for a long time, that coming through in the Balmain system, Mitch was the absolute superstar. There was no one on his level, and coming through for Mitch, it was never about building pressure. It was about, you know, the flick, the chip, the no look of the triple cutout, whatever it might be, and he's really had to hone that in since arriving in first grade, and I think that's the harsh reality of being incredibly talented as a junior, that it all sort of comes a little bit easy, and you sort of miss out on some of the little skill sets and some of the mindset things that some of the halfbacks that don't have your high-end ability learn as they're growing up, building pressure, putting in the right kick at the right moment dropping the ball at the right spot to set yourself up for the next play. Mitch Moses had such a vast array of skills at such a young age that he could do anything and essentially make it work. And this is the reality a lot of these guys. Jackson Hastings in a very similar mould. Jack Bird I'd also put there as well. A lot of these fundamentals, Bryce Carwright, they sort of miss out on because junior footy is just so easy for them. They're playing SG ball, the hardest junior competition in the country. They're making it look like touch football. You get to first grade though, grown adults, grown bodies, guys that have been playing this game for 10 years, guys that have seen 10 or 15 of these blokes come through before and learn how to deal with them, it becomes really tough. He's had a big transitional 18 months, Mitch Moses. Last year, everyone bagged him, didn't have the stats, didn't do this. And I said all year, yeah, but you know what? He's developing as a halfback. He's becoming a better footballer. And you're starting to see that this year. He's able to own bigger games. Freddie's obviously been able to see that. He gave him an opportunity in State of Origin, which he did really well in. Whether you want to believe that or not, or you know, keep dribbling on about your narrative about him sucking. That's up to you. But he also went and played a finals game on the weekend. Yes, it was against the Newcastle Knights. I understand that. But he owned the moment when they needed someone to stand up. He delivered. He threw a great ball to Blake Ferguson as well. And he just controlled the game with his foot, which is what the great halfbacks have to do and are expected to do. Moses, he's starting to do it now. Am I expecting him to knock over the Panthers this week, knock over Melbourne, then win a Clive Churchill? No, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think he's gone the full circle yet, but he's heading in the right direction. He's moving the needle in the right direction, Mitch Moses. So I was very happy to see him perform the way he did. Even though he had a great game, people still want to bag him. That's just who Mitch Moses is. You get these guys in rugby league, whether it's Jamie Soward, whether it's Brett Finch, whoever it might be, there's always guys in rugby league that people just want to bag constantly. Unfortunately, Mitch Moses, he's one of those dudes. He's grown up a lot over the last two years, and I've been very impressed by him. So I was really happy to see him own that moment. And I'll tell you what, I was coaching Mitch Moses. I'm saying to him every single game, you've got to have at least eight runs. I need you to run the ball at least eight times because that's when you get the very best out of Mitch Moses. I don't care if you get whacked. I don't care if you knock on on two of those. I don't care if you get pushed back on every single one of them. I need you running because that's when you play your best football. It would be my one criticism of Mitch Moses that he's probably gone too far in the other direction towards a game manager and he's, and he's not using his best asset as much as he used to, which is his ball running. That's what he needs. 
needs to be doing. I thought that the Parramatta Eels forwards really stood up, in particular Regan Campbell-Gillard, a guy that I've got a lot of respect for, but I've never really thought he's one of the premier props in our game. He absolutely gave it to the Saifidi brothers the other day. A very, very impressive performance from Regan Campbell-Gillard. Junior Paulo, Nathan Brown, they did their job as well. These were the two that I was expecting to have huge games, but it was Reggie on his return that really stood up. Very, very impressive. The one thing I will say about this Parramatta side is that I think they need to look at their combinations. As I said before this game started, I'm not sure about having Isaiah Papali'i on the bench and having Ryan Madison out of the team. I think the further you go, you need to have these two on the starting edges for me. That's just my opinion. Obviously, Brad Arthur's seeing it a little bit differently and has a plan with what he's doing. But defensively, I thought they did look a little bit fragile on the edges. We obviously mentioned KP down that left edge. He was our guy on the coach's clipboard. And whilst they didn't stop KP, he laid on three tries to the left winger. Uh, they did enough to stop him from dominating that game. Look, over to the Newcastle Knights. And we mentioned KP. He still hasn't won that big game in the final series. You know, Newcastle, they get a pass mark this year, but I just thought in this game, there was a lot that happened. Tyson Brazil was on and off. He was injured. There was a little bit happening all over the place, but they put themselves in a position to win this game. Yes, they got unlucky with the Clint Gutherson field goal, but they, they put themselves in a spot to win it, but I never thought the Eels were losing it. Once again... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I think the best team won on the day, which was the Parramatta Eels. I'm more than happy for that game to go down the way it did. As I said, a pass mark for the Newcastle Knights, but they definitely want to improve next year. We spoke about this earlier this morning. Obviously, Jake Clifford, he's going to get a full preseason playing alongside Mitchell Pearce and whatnot. So it's only up for the Newcastle Knights, you would have to think. Losing Connor Watson, obviously, is a massive loss, but... As I said, I don't think there was a single game this weekend where the better team didn't win. So, good result. I think the Gold Coast Titans, they deserved to go out week one, as did the Newcastle Knights. Gold Coast Titans deserved it more, without a doubt. But I think if you look at, out of those eight teams, which six teams deserve to go on to, to the finals and continue playing, I think we got our six that deserved it and the six that we wanted realistically Really looking forward to next week's games. They are going to be sensational. Uh, obviously, you've got the local derby that will be played up there in Queensland between the Penrith Panthers and the Parramatta Eels. That one will be on Saturday. Can't wait for that one. Friday night, you've got the Manly Seagulls looking to bounce back against the Sydney Roosters. Manly, at the moment, a very short $1.30. Roosters at $3.50. I think this one will be a really tight game, to be perfectly honest with you. We'll go into more detail later this week and when we get some odds. I'll tell you what, Parramatta Eels at $4 against the Panthers. I'm expecting the Panthers to win, but I'll tell you what, there's a bit of value in the Parramatta Eels there. I think the Panthers look a little bit rattled. They look like uh, they, they, they look like a team to me that if Parramatta score early, if a few things go their way, they get a few six-agains go their way, they could really blow them out here, I think. But we'll wait to see what 
team list brings us, how the week plays out and whatnot. But I've got to tell you, $4 for Parramatta, I think that's good value. I think I'll be taking them with the start this weekend. Guys, that's our full review for week one of the final series of 2021. How exciting was it? It was sensational. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Plenty more content coming on the Rugby League Guru podcast this week. Finals are here.